On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, we get to speak with Taylor Ryan. He is a six-time startup founder, currently a partner at Clint Marketing, a digital growth agency, and the CEO of Architecture Quote, connecting architects with projects. He's an American living in Copenhagen, Denmark, where he's spent the last four years running the marketing department for some of Denmark's fastest growing startups. So before we get to that, though, I need to share with you all about Sweatcoin. It's a walking step counting app that basically pays you to walk. You get daily motivation to walk. You get all kinds of offers and cool things and points and things that you get for walking for your steps that you do. So go to peppershock.com slash offers and you'll get paid to walk, which is so awesome. So peppershock.com slash offers, select the link for Sweatcoin, accept my offer, and then you'll be in and you'll get a free little bonus because of it. And now it's time for the marketing essentials moment, all of the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Okay, we're gonna talk in depth with Taylor about some of these things, but I wanted to at least make sure you understood the basics and have an understanding of what voice search optimization and search engine optimization really is and the importance of what voice search optimization is going to be in the coming future. According to dialtech.com in the United States, 55% of households will have their smart speakers by 2022. So in that case, that means we need to do things to continuously optimize for voice search, right? And so a word of the wise is to create a web page that has frequently asked questions because when searchers are asking a question, they begin their questions with words like when, what, who, where, and according to Forbes, voice search is really drastically improving our user experience. And Google is really focusing on voice search optimization. Google Voice will continuously show websites on top that load quickly and have those answers to those questions that users are wanting. So you wanna make sure that your website has responsive design, that the images that you have on your page are all optimized, that they're not gonna take forever to load, right? And you wanna make sure that those site load times are, are really fast and take a minimum amount of time and that your server response is what it needs to be to be optimized. And thinking about how you can optimize mobily, right? A good user experience on a website that you're using on a mobile device can also be very, very beneficial to you. So uh, it's estimated by 2025 that approximately 73% of internet users will access the internet through mobile devices. So that's like almost three quarters of the people in the world are going to access all of our websites through mobile devices. So if you're not mobile friendly, certainly something to consider in your next marketing plan or strategy that you're putting forward, making those mobile friendly updates so that Google can continuously rank those sites and make it mobile responsive and fast load times. That is what is going to be an ongoing thing that you need to really consider if you haven't done it yet. And we want to make sure that it's quality, right? That, that the, um, the answers that are being served up on all of these listening devices are being giving answers that you want to have heard, right? So making sure that you're optimizing for those answers is going to help you as well. And then the algorithms that are being used, AI, artificial intelligence, is using to interpret those search queries. And so the audience is getting results that artificial intelligence is feeding up, right? So you want to make sure that what you're serving is what the artificial intelligence bots, if you will, are being able to find your information and it's what they're looking for. Another thing that you can continue to do to continuously optimize is these featured snippets, little snippets on Google. Maybe when you're searching on Google, you can see these little snippets to the side that have the basic information of what it is that you're looking for and it's a featured snippet. And if it's your website that's being featured in that snippet, all the better, right? It's gonna continue, continuously help you in getting better ranking, getting more eyeballs on your website. You need to organize that content in a structured way so that it shows up and making sure that your articles are answering many similar questions too, not just the same question, but thinking about different iterations of how those questions could be asked 
of you or of your website, right? And choosing those answers that can give various different answers, right? Those are different things to think about in your strategy and having those dedicated headlines that will answer those featured snippets. It's really, really healthy, right? To be able to have on your website. And then we talked about image optimization and making sure that your images will play nicely uh, so that they have a prominent role when the search is revealed because images will show up if you do it right and you want those images to be there because people will click on them because they're visual, right? But you gotta make sure you use high quality images but are optimized to where it doesn't take forever to load them. So there's some things to think about when you're going through that process and including images uh, in your site map so that it becomes easier for spiders to crawl those images and absolutely using those alt tags that then will allow those, those crawlers to understand what that image is all about. And not only that, you're also making those alt tabs accessible for people who may not be able to see your site but have to listen or you know need it read to them. So those alt tags are very, very important to be very inclusive and, and diverse with the various different people out in the world that can now see your site. So think about alt tags and optimizing your images and then thinking about the keywords that are related to maybe the words that you think that you're going to be able to use. And one little trick that you can do is when you start to type into Google, it'll suggest different types of phrases that you're looking for. Now, screen capture that, and now you need to optimize to all those different types of suggested tags that then Google thinks that you're trying to type before you type them, right? And so if you can come up with different ways to include those keywords into your content on your website, then you're gonna have even more answers served, okay? So the other thing to think about too is when you're building links to other websites and then having people link back to your site. So backlinks uh, from relevant and authoritative websites can really also help your website gain notoriety and ranking as well. And promoting that content that you're putting out there on a regular basis to drive more traffic back to your site will then help it continuously get up there in the ranking as well. So sometimes you can use guest bloggers or influencers that can you know link to your site and you link back or you can have a reciprocating link uh, where you have people on your site, you 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 guest blog on their site, uh, reaching out to those target audiences that are maybe like yours, but maybe you're not competing. Maybe you're you know co-opetition or you have something to offer that they don't and vice versa, but you have a similar audience. So you can now link to each other's websites and make it relevant and have that prominence there to help you continue to improve your search engine optimization and voice search optimization as well. And just all the while thinking about who your end user is and how they're going to use that website to give them the best experience that you want them to have, right? So user experience is an important factor in all of this, right? UX design is what it's called, user experience design. But those things are important for ranking for Google, but also thinking about understanding who your audience is. So your audience is not just the Google bots and the, you know, the artificial intelligence, but you also have to have it as a human experience too, right? They need to understand what is happening. So thinking about how you can simplify your navigation for your end user, thinking about how you can have those SEO friendly layouts and voice search engine optimization layouts, having some call to actions, but choosing those wisely so that you're not continuously just sell, 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 right? You wanna give value, add value, do something that they will see as valuable, and then they're gonna to wanna to buy from you because now you're presented as the expert. You've got given them a wonderful experience on your website to be able to engage with you and all of those things. So. All of those, I mean, there's so many more things about search engine optimization and voice search optimization that you can consider, but hopefully that gives you some basics. And now we're gonna listen to Taylor and you're gonna get even more. So here we go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Taylor Ryan. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Awesome. So Taylor, let's share with our audience a little bit about you and what you do and uh, kind of how, how you got started in into this industry that you are in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a six-time startup founder, originally from just outside of Washington, D.C., but for the last six years, I've been living in Copenhagen, Denmark, and it is dreary and rainy and gray uh, this time of year, but, you know, it, it's got some charms, too. Uh, I've I've been running kind of the different areas of marketing for lots of different companies, mostly startups, for the last 14 plus years. The time has uh, flown by. But in terms of, yeah, I, I would say my, my current work and, and what I'm focused on, I run a growth hacking and digital marketing agency called Clint. You can go to clintmarketing.com. I also run Growth Secrets, which is an online masterclass for growth hacking slash digital marketing. Uh, and yeah, more recently, um, I'm like this close to launching a new cryptocurrency that is uh, based on uh, the cannabis industry, which is super interesting. So lots of little projects and, and things happening kind of all at once. Um, but yeah, I run a, a digital marketing and growth hacking company, and that kind of gets me into all kinds of fun and, and interesting areas, working with lots of small, medium and large organizations. Absolutely. Okay, so now I'm interested. What what uh, moved you to Denmark? Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things. I I grew up in the the DC metropolitan area, and I had a chance visit out here. I had a buddy getting married in London, and a friend that was actually briefly out in Copenhagen. And he's like, "Hey, why don't you just come by while you're in London?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but I've already booked everything." It's like, dude, it's thirty dollars. So <laughs> legit. round trip from London to Copenhagen. Uh, I did a two and a half day visit and I was like, this is different. I could do this. So flash forward. So it was close to like four months, sent out tons of applications, tons of interviews, and I had two different job offers and I basically just leveraged the two against each other. So most of the time, yeah, I meet like other Americans out here and it's like, oh, I met a Danish girl or I met a, I I married a Danish guy. We moved here. Mm -hmm. So a little different for me. Nice, nice. So tell me more about Clint and, and what, where does the name come from? So the name Clint is the Danish word for a cliff, you know, basically the mountain that meets the sea kind of thing. And I had built up a bunch of companies out, out here as the either chief marketing officer, head of marketing or whatever the, the kind of lead name of the person in, in the marketing department to the extent of four companies that I had run as the marketer in charge had had exits. So pretty good overall track record. And I didn't own any of it. Uh, And I really thought that it was so much easier to build companies up from zero, or at least fix when they're totally broken and they're they're just trying to kind of digitalize um, by, yeah, setting foundations that's building automated tech stacks and, and also giving them a jumping off point as somebody that was a chief marketing officer and worked with a handful of agencies, it was the most frustrating thing in the world to have endless retainers where it's like, I can't quit you. You know, (laughs) like it's impossible (laughs) for me to get out from underneath this endless retainer. So the idea of kind of fast service and, and yeah, big results and, you know, you're able to jump off and fly off into the sunset if things pan out or continue to work with us. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of something that you built from scratch, like from, from day one, what happened? I mean, there's so many, like, I love this crypto project. So like uh, crypto is a crazy space. It's, it's blowing up and yeah, every day I'm learning something new. Um, but we've had to launch a crypto project. And I, I think like every software as a service tool is different. Every business model is just different enough. And you have to kind of learn what people are doing in that space. And I think often I'm looking at the buyer intent behind it. So like, what is the, what is the purpose behind this and why would somebody get into it? That kind of thing. So setting up a brand new website, adding all the tracking, uh, setting up the, the conversion funnels, exit intent pop-ups um, within this crypto space, it was building on a lot of different uh, forms that were collecting a lot of information and then promotions across all social media in terms of being able to duplicate all of the posts across all the channels and get it scheduled for the next three months. All of those things culminate into a really successful launch. 
it's just, um, yeah, there's so many little things that you don't think about until you're in it and you're trying to build something from zero. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I run into so many people and I'm sure you have as well that people are trying to build stuff from scratch and it's like, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. There's existing frameworks or there's existing, uh, you know, templates that you can basically build from, from zero without having to do all the work all over again. So what are some of your favorite tools that you've used in, in doing this process? I mean, I'm a fan of so many different tools. I, I think that's kind of, I had a, a buddy of mine ask me, what's your superpower in marketing? And I'm like, eh, weird question. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do think it's, it's tool selection. So if we're just looking at publishing across different channels for social media, like super early stuff, then I'm probably using Publer, uh, but Publer doesn't work with Telegram. So, you know, Publer is very similar to like uh, Buffer or Hootsuite or one of those. Um, I found recently that Hootsuite works with Discord, which is super rare. Um, but we're using a, a tool called Amplifier now, A-M-P-L-I-F-R, uh, uh, with any type of conversion forms. I'm usually building a lot of those inside of Elementor, so it, it's a little easier. Um, within that, I'm syncing everything up with uh, MailerLite. And I use exit intent pop-ups via Convertful. Uh, when I'm kind of wireframing everything out, I'm a huge fan of Figma. Um, I don't know how people did it before Figma. Like, it's so crazy in terms of being able to make mock-ups and, and kind of wireframe functionally some of these things out. I, I know people used Adobe XD for a bit, but huge fan. Uh, and Miro. Miro is this awesome tool that allows you to take screenshots and kind of build out these, these really basic kind of... I, I guess they're creative boards, they're kind of whiteboard type tools, um, but I've actually jumped into a new tool called Ouija, W-E-J-E. So I love tools. I'm like yeah. a tool fanatic. Like it, it's stuff that saves time, you know? It just reminded me of the Ouija board, you know, spelling things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the names that they come up with all of these tools, right? I mean, they're just inventing words now and it's just fun for marketing because now you can play on the words and <laughs> yeah, there's totally lots of different agree. fun tools for sure, for sure. So one of the things that you had mentioned um, that you wanted to talk about, and I just love this topic, is video marketing. Let's talk more and dig into that and share a little bit of uh, some of the, the things that you do and, and want to consider when you're marketing your videos. And we produce videos all the time and it's just definitely something that people absolutely need to include in their marketing plan share some more about that yeah so i mean video is is never going away you know and it's one of those things where if you look to the future and you look at the current trends it's only continuing in the direction of people want more video content to consume and probably less written content. It's actually easier to rank with video content because it's less crowded in terms of people that are actually putting together content uh, with an SEO mindset towards it. Uh, and you know, these newer platforms that continue to expand give you a lot of interesting opportunities. So I've thought for the longest time, like TikTok, that's that's for kids. You know, like that's for kids that are doing their their dancing and and choreographing stuff and. I thought it was uh, absurd. And then I started trying to engage on videos that were within my niche or within digital marketing or growth hacking or startups. And everything that I started seeing was related to that. And the material in there is really good. It's, it's micro learning at scale. So I started producing my own videos uh, and repurposing those for all the different platforms. So you have YouTube, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram Shorts, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, and there's there's little things that you can take away from, from doing each of those. Uh, also being able to schedule these things out has been quite interesting and a challenge, but overall, I do see elements of traction uh, by doing this. And, you know, I think the more you do, the more you get out of it uh, in terms of the, the key learnings that allow you to get a little more crystallized with maybe the way that you're storytelling or the way that you're marketing your services. And also realizing like, if it, if it's just hard selling, that you're not bringing anything to the table, nobody cares. And, and I found that to be also really interesting. Yeah, and another thing that uh, we try to do and, and think about too is 
making it audio agnostic, right? Where you can tell the story because sometimes people don't turn the audio up anymore, right? Yeah, that's a really <laughs> interesting point. Well, what are you doing in, in case of that? Are you just doing closed captions or are you talking about making almost like a, a living kind of movie slash cartoon? Right. It's almost like making a silent movie and having people understand what it is, right? <laughs> Using words on the screen and, of course, yeah, closed captioning or the SRT files. But it is kind of thinking about how your video is going to get displayed on small devices, too. And, you know, is it legible? Are you going to cover up the screen with, you know, with the social media uh, where they put different, you know, links and things over the top, right? So you have to make sure that you're placing things correctly and thinking through the process of what your end consumer is going to use, right? Definitely. Well, I'm curious, you brought up SRT files uh, and that's, that's one of the trickier things in terms of manually doing it and trying to get it right the first time or putting it through some type of automation. I'm curious if you, are you manually creating these or are you using a tool to get the SRT files at the end? Well, the nice thing is, is we got to be beta users of the Adobe product where it will for the most part, try to translate exactly what's being said, but you have to go in and kind of tweak it and massage it a little bit. Like, for instance, my name is spelled R-H-E-A, so it tries to pronounce Rhea instead of Ray, or it won't spell Ray, mm. right? It'll spell it completely weird, so you have to, you know, make some adjustments to the spelling or, you know, those types of things. And of course, Brian, our video producer, is, has mastered that quite well in getting those out there. And yeah, I mean, when we first started, before the automation tools were available, we had to physically type it all out right and and yes. make it all happen and transcribe it all oh <laughs> it's painful but now with you know artificial intelligence it can listen to us and then transcribe it automatically and i know i think youtube and facebook have a few tools that will do it uh if you set it up for it but yeah there's there's definitely you know some margin of error to be, be aware of to to make it happen but uh, it's it's definitely because it's come a long way within the last you know short time frame I think and I think people are just getting used to being able to to read what they see and another interesting thing that I recently read too is kids younger kids are learning to read by watching videos that have the subtitles on them isn't that wow. interesting yeah. Did not think of yeah. that, but that totally makes sense. <laughs> right? Interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So if there's some misspellings or short short codes for things, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a problem for, for ongoing. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So and you mentioned TikTok. I have a 13-year-old son who inevitably was the one who showed me about TikTok and got me on it to begin with. But mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you, man, I just have wasted so much time on there. <laughs> <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> Well, you know, time wasted and time, I, no, it's wasted time. I'm totally with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So like I've come across some tools really recently that I'm, I'm in love with that are doing a bit of that SRT file. That, and for those that don't know, the SRT file is basically just, it's the transcription, it's closed captions. Like, so it's, it's nothing fancy. The only time that I really need to dig into those is when I'm publishing on LinkedIn uh, or if I need to go in and manually edit them for posting on, on TikTok. But I found tools kind of like you're, you're doing now that are saving me a ton of time. Um, so Pictory is one of the newer ones that I've picked up. Uh, and every once in a while, like I'm on uh, this website, AppSumo, which is a lifetime deal website, but there's tons of competitors of AppSumo. There's Dealify, DealMango, uh, GLT, I don't know, there's like 50 of these <laughs> things. They're all affiliates, you know, they, they make their money, I'm sure. Uh, but I definitely, every once in a while, find these really interesting tools that allow you to cut off of the transcription so it can remove all of the ums, uhs, and kind of stutter steps, like automatically, which is phenomenal, but you can also cut using just the words so that you're able to cut knowing that that was the last sentence or last phrase that I need before, you know, the next cut happens. Uh, and yeah, it's super fluid, really easy to pick up and use, super user friendly. So um, yeah, can't say enough good things about it. Uh, Pictory is the name of the tool, but there's a bunch of other tools that continue to just pop up and it's like, oh, look at you, you know, it, it's just there. So interesting yeah. stuff. 
Oh my gosh, we we we'll have to have a glossary of all of the the, the tools. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so Deal. tell me tell me about some of the clients that you're helping now, and kind of the process that you go through, and and ways that you really see the results with what you're doing with them. Yeah, so I had a pharmaceutical client. I'm not sure how much I can. Well, their name rhymes with Ovo Nordisk. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, uh, we were trying to focus on a segment of uh, basically obesity, uh, obesity awareness. And one of the trickier things is that that is a really popular topic in terms of like, I think half of the websites online are basically like, lose weight, how to lose weight, you want to lose weight? Uh, it's all these like really like competitive areas. But what I have found is like, there's, there's not a ton of competition on YouTube. So the thought is, if you can start to find some of the more popular videos out there, you can actually dig in and see what they've ranked for and what they've actually put together in terms of the keywords that they've added in as tags. One of, I, I'm dropping so many tools today. So one of my other favorite tools is Keywords Everywhere. Uh, I don't know, have you ever used Keywords Everywhere? It's a free Chrome extension. Ah, I, I'm not sure if our team has uh, used that one or not. Um, I'd have to check and see, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it would be a useful tool. Yeah. So they, for the longest time, just had the Chrome uh, extension work for Google search. So you could see on the right side of your screen, anytime you do a Google search, it'll show a bunch of related keywords. And it also says how many uh, monthly searches come with every single kind of result. It's super interesting. Uh, but they started rolling out and it's, they have a freemium version, so it's totally free. But if you want to get like better insights and export everything, it's going to cost you. Uh, but on YouTube, they have this really interesting breakdown where they'll show you the tags that somebody actually input on the video. And so if I do a quick search for, let's say it's obesity, and I'm looking through at the top three videos that have more than, let's say it's a minimum of 50,000 views it means they've done something correct. They've done something right here. And you can either dig in and understand, is it because the tags are flawless? Is it because the title is really well sculpted? Is it because the video is 4K and has a really well articulated description? Uh, and maybe it's an awesome thumbnail on top of it. All of these little things kind of add up to something in the way of a successful video. I found that the average amount of description uh, characters is somewhere around 600. Uh, usually you're looking at one to two links and skips. So that's where you put a timestamp and you're actually giving people a chance to engage inside of the description by skipping ahead where the material that is super important actually starts. Now this may dilute or reduce your watch time, but ultimately it serves a better user experience for your users or the visitors or viewers. So therefore they're encouraging it. So all of these kind of culminate into something in the way of a rough idea of this is a successful video. So if I copy the things that they've done successfully, i.e. the description, the tags, maybe even the title, you're allowed to do that. So if a video that was made in 2016 is a number one and you just put in <laughs> the exact same title from 2016, with a video that came out in 2021, guess what? You're probably going to outrank them, which is wild when you think about it, but that's the game that we have to play. Right, right. And it's such a topic that's about, like you said, obesity or any of those other topics. I mean, I can imagine like the automobile industry, how competitive that is, or real estate. I mean, e each sure. of these industries, you have to find that secret, you know, magic of what's going to make it work and flow and go for sure. And, and it is, it's a process, right? I mean, you, you test and do different iterations and, you know, I, I guess, tell me a little bit about your process and how you get to that point where uh, you know that it's going to go and flow and, and have, get those 50,000 views. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a guess and check in some cases, you know, especially I found even now we're, we're not too far along with like TikTok. It's, it's been kind of in the popular space for yeah, a couple of years. Four I mean, years. it's, yeah, something like that. And there's still not a ton of really definitive well-articulated guides of the absolute here's how you rank here's and it's also because they change the algorithm like uh, like crazy but I'm not able to really find 
I would say outstanding guides on how to do things. Every once in a while, you'll come across something that's relevant and it's just kind of culminating all of these together and turning them into more or less a checklist or a brief that you have to put together for each video. And the great thing about YouTube, at least in what I've seen is if you're really trying to rank, it happens very quickly. So if you did something well, then you're going to be all right and you're going to see it really quickly. If you didn't do it so well, um, you know, then you're also going to notice like, wow, not getting any views. Um, and there's different ways that channels can blow up. But I think also a lot of people aren't looking at YouTube videos specifically in the way that like it's very similar to a blog post in the way that it has to be promoted. So if your video is not embedded elsewhere, if it doesn't have backlinks, like basically people are linking to it from other sources, then yeah, you're not going to rank for much or it's going to be really difficult to get discovered, especially when you have a low view count on all of your other videos. So all of these things kind of culminate into learning as you go and, and every, every niche is a little different. Uh, and you can definitely have videos that stand out and those that bomb. You know, I, I think my most popular video by far is how to upload TikTok videos uh, using Google Drive. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> super easy. Like I, I would hate to have to manually edit everything on, you know, a, a device, a cell phone. I would hate to have to try to put and embed everything in there and then upload everything from a device. I just want to be able to shoot vertically with the camera turned to the side on a, a hinge lens or not hinge lens, a hinge mount. And then, uh, yeah, edit everything and then push it over to a cell phone to just have somebody do this. But as soon as somebody gets like a really badass like scheduling tool for TikTok, like totally different ball game. Right. Um, but yeah, big, that was a really long rant. I'm sorry. That was good. That was great. I mean, and you're right, because a lot of uh, content creators have to do it all on their devices. And that is time consuming. And I don't know about you, but typing on my phone sometimes isn't always, the, <laughs> doesn't prove to always be the best, right? No, totally with you. <laughs> Let's talk about kind of some trends that you're going to see in the future. What are some things that you are seeing that uh, you want to try that you haven't done yet or you want to investigate or implore or maybe have, you know, your clients like trust but verify, as we talked about earlier, like for, for you to get to do what would be like super awesome for you get to get to do for a campaign or, you know, whatever um, strategy that you want to put into the future? Yeah, I, I'm I mean, I think. I, maybe it's just me, but the reason that I got into digital marketing as as a business, you know, a, a marketing agency, I just wanted to work on cool shit. Like I really wanted to work on stuff that nobody gets to touch. So the idea of getting my hands on a project where I get to play with, I don't know, AR, VR, or I'm getting to build things that are going to be present in the metaverse, that's interesting to me. Um, you know, every once in a while, like I'll get into really cool conversations with guys that are building factories in space, you know, and like, that's a really cool thing. So, so like, yeah, I love deep tech. I think that's really interesting in terms of like marketing technology. I do think that, yeah, I would really love to find some projects that get to incorporate AR and VR in some form of either guerrilla marketing or, or something interesting, but I don't know. I'm always curious what other marketers are into. What? What do you think? What would be like a really interesting project that you'd love to dig into? Ah, yeah, I mean, fun, fame, and fortune, right? All three of those things, right? <laughs> if we have fun, we got to, you know, it's going to be exciting fame because we're going to do something really cool and people are going to talk about it. And fortune, like we're going to make money because of it, right? <laughs> Ideally, right? I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about metaverse a little bit, because uh, I don't know that the whole world even understands what's going on, like why and what. So so share share your thoughts on this metaverse that uh, <laughs> has evolved now. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many I can't remember the name of the video, but there's a, a great like two and a half hour long explanation on YouTube. And it, it's a it's a game changer. Um, so like you're looking at the next wave of kind of like the big thing. So, you know, when it was the internet was a big thing, that was, that was gigantic, you know, and then the mobile phone wide web. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like this whole internet. Now, you know, 
yeah. Well, and it was a big deal. And it turned out, you know, to be a big deal. But you had idiots that were sitting around like, I'm not going to do my business from behind a screen. I'm a, I'm an adult. And it's like, yeah, I know. But you don't understand 10 years from now, it's going to be super normal to have everybody doing it this way. But there were a lot of people that resisted. And you're going to see that with this whole metaverse thing where it's like, this is stupid. I'm not putting on a silly ass headset. I'm an adult. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, follow the money. Where and how are people actually going to be monetizing a lot of that stuff? I think it's, it's a lot of uh, decentralization of different assets. So you have the ability to make money off of everything that you see and do. which is really interesting. So if I am walking around in some metaverse space and I see an ad for Pepsi, let's say it's Pepsi, I get money for that. That automatically is like, okay, cool. I'm going to go there because I'm getting paid to exist. Like that's fascinating to me. In terms of the way that you work and engage with this environment, you can already see that within different spaces that exist now. Like people are like paying ungodly amounts of money to play video games, you know, internet video games, and to have the best materials within those games, whether it's loot or weapons or whatever the nature is, people are already paying money into that. And I'm not saying the entire world, all of society is going to get into that. I have some very close friends that are architects. They're like, that's stupid. I build real buildings. I'm like, guess what, dipshit? If you had gotten into this earlier, which is now, you'd be one of the biggest, most well-known architects in all of the metaverse. But because, you know, people are closed off to things that they don't understand. I don't know. I I think there's a lot of opportunities that just go on. uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Unsought after. (laughs) Right. And it's going to continue to evolve and new opportunities are going to start to come out. And, and from a marketing perspective, right. I mean, how do you capitalize on that and, and leverage what people are getting into? And, you know, let's, let's think about this for a minute for a business, you know, how could they get into this space and what could, what could they benefit from? I mean, what kinds of things are, are there already and what do we see in the future? Right. Totally agreed. And uh, you know, it's, it's a hard space to get into because nobody's, nobody's formulated anything that's real, you know, like there's, there's nothing that's working, but there are kind of cornerstones of where this begins. So like one of, I think my favorite crypto projects is near N E A R. And those guys are starting to build up a lot of the, yeah, the mechanisms and backbones and the blockchain platforms that a lot of these new startups, new businesses will be based off of. And it's, yeah, it's the wild west right now. Like there is no kind of standard where this is where you go. This is what you do. So I, I think getting in and learning as much as you can in the earliest days is interesting. And I don't think it necessarily goes into one specific field or industry. And I, I think that's the reason why people never got into, well, a lot of people never got into crypto. It's like, Duh, I don't like finance and accounting. It's like, dude, it's so more than that. Like it's way more than that. But if that's what you think, fine. But with something that's more the metaverse, it's like, okay, name your favorite hobby. It's also that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really fascinating look at at where things could be going. But yeah, who's to say? Maybe it's a giant flop and everybody's right. I don't want to put stupid glasses on. I'm out, you know, and everybody feels that way. I don't think it's going to be the case, but we just don't know. Well, you know, when you go to Costco and you see Oculus goggles for sale for six or seven hundred bucks and you're just like, wow. Yeah. People are buying them, and it'll Somebody's be Somebody's spending thing. the money. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, here's a question for you. What's been a big surprise that's happened in the last few months, and why? Oof. I don't know. Good surprise or bad surprise? <laughs> you you decide, or maybe both. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. So, like, a good surprise that I kind of had indicators behind was uh, I, I ended up like doubling the amount of keywords that I was pulling in. Uh, and I could see this using Ahrefs um, when I optimize my site speed. So uh, for those that don't know, Google put out their core web vitals and it was announced like last summer they were going to do this. It really came into play in January of this year. And basically what it means is that, well, obviously if your site's not responsive, you're screwed. But if your site is not fast enough to reach a mobile phone with some form of decent user experience, 
or there's a layout shift whenever you see like the sites load and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. like <laughs> you're screwed. And they just, they're removing you from search results. So I saw this giant plummet uh, towards, I guess it was October of, of last year. And then in January, it just continued to kind of drag. And yeah, the, the speculation was, it was, yeah, part of kind of a core, uh, a core update. But realistically, as soon as I had updated the site speed, all of a sudden I saw this nice, like really steep incline of the amount of keywords that I've been uh, garnering or grabbing from, from different posts. That really was a game changer in terms of like, oh, so I can write the greatest articles in the world that are super valuable and super optimized, but it doesn't matter if I don't have decent site speed and I haven't optimized for caching, lazy loading, a CDN, image optimization, and yeah, the, the CSS minifying of scripts to be able to make sure I don't have that crazy frame shift thing. Right, right. And it, it's so frustrating because you put so much time into content just to have it like, oh no, no, your site's slow, forget it. It's done. <laughs> denied. Access denied. <laughs> yeah. But what about you? I, I'm always curious to hear other people's yeah. takes on like a, a big surprise or something that, that kind of set you back a little bit. It's like, whoa, that's interesting. You know, I, okay, so Clubhouse has been something that I, you know, first, when it, when it first came out, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. This is not something, <laughs> I don't know. It, but actually, I enjoy it. And now we are, I have a club, um, the Marketing Expedition Club, and we're on it once a week. And I have learned so much from so many other people from all over the world, right? And it made connections and, you know, just hadn't, hadn't you know, originally thought of it as like a, a tool to drive new business and, you know, be able to learn oh, a lot of you. things from, from other people, other marketing people. And that's the cool thing about it is the club has other, you know, agency owners and marketers and business owners and, you know, people who are in the marketing profession. And it's just a really cool place to process ideas and bounce ideas. Now, I will tell you, not everybody has the best advice to give. So you don't always, you know, <laughs> you have to like anybody, right? But I, yeah. think, I think for me, I think, um, yeah, I mean, the verdict is still out to see how well it'll, you know, continue to thrive. Of course, during the pandemic, you know, people were searching for something like this to do because it's all audio only. So you don't have to worry about it. You can still wear your pandemic pajamas and nobody will care. Right. So <laughs> that was an interesting thing. And then all the spinoffs, you mentioned Discord earlier and Twitter spaces and, you know, all the different uh, tools that are kind of doing these audio only rooms and whatnot. But I think that that for me was uh, kind of a, a surprise to understand, you know, how this has really connected people from all over, all over the world, from South Africa to London to, you know, uh, Victor you know, everywhere. Right. And so that was an yeah. interesting thing for, for me to experience and continue to grow and experience there as well. And, and I've met and talked to people like, um, I can't remember the, the famous football player name, but my son was, my oldest son is into football and he was on Clubhouse and I was like, dude, would you talk to my son? And he was like geeking out about it. And I, you know, I like football, but I can't remember the names, but still the point and yeah. the opportunity of being able to access certain people, That's you know, cool. that was that was kind of fun to, to be a part of that. Um, but, you know, I think the other thing that I was going to mention, too, that I'm starting to see more and more is, you know, we say optimize for mobile and now it's voice search optimization that more and more for, for being able to answer questions so that you're, you know, with Siri and Google and Alexa and all those things. I think that's a whole nother area that needs to be continued to ex be explored and, and people can utilize to their advantage as well. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that we're continuing to just learn and evolve because there's really, um, you know, just like there's not a lot of great TikTok guides on how to make TikTok work for you. Uh, voice search is kind of growing in, in that space and how to make it work for, for your company locally too, right? Not just uh, on a national level, but, you know, how can you make it become the answer that people are seeking first? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I, I really thought that voice was going to get a lot better. You know, I, I have uh, an Alexa at home and I, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a buddy that ran a startup that was creating these skills that you would be able to say, you know, do that. I, I don't want to use the word in case somebody's listening and then, you know, like their device is going <laughs> off in the background. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but 
uh, yeah, because that's super annoying. I didn't call you. Shut up. You, know? no, you can call her Lexi. That's what, what that's uh, what, what oh, is it? I like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the whole idea behind building these skills is that people have to know that they exist. And if you're, I don't know, do you have that device? Uh, okay, cool. So in, in many cases, I still have the subscription where I'm seeing the regular kind of news feed that's coming through where they're like, Hey, here's new skills you can add now. And the reason they have to do that is people are like, what am I supposed to ask you? It's like a really bad first date you know, yeah. where it's yeah. like, what do, what do you <laughs> do? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't see the perfect use case. People are like, oh, you go shopping on it. It's like, that's not the experience I want. I want to see what I'm buying. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I haven't found like the perfect use case for getting skills inside of that, but for sure, natural language search, when people are hitting the button on their phone and trying to, you know, speak into it rather than sit there and type, what is the, whatever the thing they're looking mm-hmm. for. So yeah. I'm definitely with you on questions. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's coming, coming around for sure. Okay. Two more questions. Are you ready for this one? I love, I yeah. love asking this one. Okay. What is the worst characteristic that has served you well in your career? um yeah i don't know i i mean so i don't really i don't really give a shit what people think and that that's really (laughs) served me (laughs) that's good that's good that's good you know it's like well who am i you know like i'm nobody and i I, it's it's been fine it's it's actually served me in terms of like getting in front of more audiences and and also not taking critiques and criticisms too harshly it's like yeah like i don't yeah i don't care like i you know it's fine welcome to your opinion but you know I, i've found that to be the not giving a shit really does especially when you're starting a business and there's so much riding against you it it really is a bit liberating and that to me is is kind of a yeah it, it's been a nice pleasant surprise where it's like yeah i really don't care you know, like in terms of seeking others approval. And that's kind of propelled me a little further than I ever would have thought. Well, to be an entrepreneur, you have to have some sense of, you know, that in you, because otherwise <laughs> you're, you know, you would be out to please everyone and you would please no one. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. I lied. I, I have another question for you. What is something that you wish you would have known before you started your business? Well, to be totally honest, uh, Yeah. Digital marketing agencies are one of the least scalable business models I have ever been involved with. Uh, I've started a ton of other different types of of companies, tangible products, uh, as well as, yeah, software as a service uh, type companies. And I got to tell you, it is really challenging to scale a company where it is a one for one activity. Somebody needs a service you provide that service, payment stops. And in many cases, the companies that I've seen do the, you know, the most in terms of revenue and have the easiest ability to continue to grow is something that is scalable. Usually software as a service. You build it once, sell it unlimited times. And uh, yeah, I think if I, I mean, I also, I started this stupid thing three months before like the pandemic hit and the lockdown. I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> like, second month, I got like five clients. I'm like, dude, this is the best thing I've ever done. And then lockdown. And it right. was, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. it was tough. But so, everybody had to go digital that weren't, that, you know, if they were a, a traditional yeah. brick and mortar, then they had to move to click and mortar. And that was something we saw in rapid, you know, fire because people were panicking, right? Because then people wouldn't come to their physical locations. And so now suddenly they had all had to figure out very quickly how to sell online. Yeah. Cool angle. And that's, that's what kind of got you through the pandemic, I take it. There was some of that going on for sure. Cause we, we did, we had hospitality and restaurant clients and tourism clients and oh man, that was brutal. <laughs> so yeah, you oh, gotta man. get creative and find other verticals that you can get into that, you know, are a little more sustainable, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally agreed. Yeah, yeah great point, but awesome pivot and awesome move. I, I totally get it. Wish I had thought to really focus in on that. And I just went back to the, <laughs> like, you know, just call everybody you know, send all the messages. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, interesting. Well, we, we had to get through it. Everybody had to get through it somewhere or another, but uh, 
Hopefully True. we'll we'll get through on the other side and be all the better for it. And there's some silver lining, right? We now have hybrid events and Zoom that everyone can use. I mean, we've been using Zoom for five years, but I think it's it, it kind of show came off. up, right? I know, right? <laughs> so it was awesome because then we could just share and show other people who, you know, had never used it before. And we'd already kind of did Isn't that. that but yeah. yeah. You know, interestingly enough, though, don't you think Skype totally missed the boat? Like Skype had a 10 year lead time. They could have like yeah. killed the market, right? I mean, it was <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> anyway. What happens when giant companies buy up these really powerful tools is they just go to shit. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm sure Skype is the one guy like, why is nobody talking about me? You know, like, <laughs> must be yeah. so frustrating. Oh my gosh. And all these <laughs> streaming services now. Oh my goodness. I mean, the cable companies are going to be put out of business because now everybody's just buying the subscriptions that they want. And I, you know, we don't have cable anymore. We don't have cable TV. We've got, you know, yep. Hulu and Netflix and all of these different ones that we're using now. And I think Amazon prime, all of that. And so now we're going to see that continue for sure. Um, okay. So let's wrap this up. Uh, tell us how people can get in touch with you um, or ways that they can engage with you and learn more from you. Sure. Um, so I would say I have close to 60% of my clients in the U.S., so don't hesitate to connect with me. Uh, I am the only Taylor Ryan in all of Denmark. So uh, there's <laughs> 4, 4.5 million people out here, so not a massive country. But um, yeah, look me up on LinkedIn, Taylor Ryan. I connect with everybody. Happy to, to yeah. jam out uh, if you're interested in chatting. Uh, you can also check out my website, clintonmarketing.com. I also have growthsecrets.org. It's my online masterclass where I cover lots of different tools the same way that I just did here, but a little more focused and, and maybe less scattered. And yeah, <laughs> same amount of profanity though. <laughs> Good. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, this has been great. Thank you for having me. This is, this is a ton of fun. Yeah, no, I'm glad we could share and learn. And I learned a few new tools too. So this is good for me as well. I love it. Awesome. awesome. Well, cool. thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, if you found value in this, please share it with others and give us a review because that's like the best thing that you could possibly do, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, until next time, enjoy the journey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.